the MLB playoffs, the president has COVID, and Bob Gibson. LaValle Sports Talk begins right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to LaValle Sports Talk podcast brought to you by the Sideline Network. My name is Austin Space. I am in for Chris LaValle this week as he is on paternity leave. So guess what? You guys get a baseball-themed podcast. I am Austin Space, after all. I uh, host uh, or co-host baseball with Chris LaValle every two weeks. So I'm happy to be in here for him as he is out uh, with his wife having his firstborn. So that's exciting. So yes, as I said, you're going to be getting a baseball theme podcast. So let's get into it with our first segment here. Um, we're going to recap what happened with the uh, MLB bracket. And if you listen to Spaceball this past week or the week before, whenever this airs, I don't know. I'm not in charge of the sideline network. You'll notice that I am wrong on almost every account. So you can totally trust me going forward. So what we're going to do in our first segment is we're going to just recap sort of what happened in uh, in all of the wild card in baseball. And I'm going to tell you my picks and where where things are looking. And then we'll get into predictions in segment two. So let's let's start here. So we're going to start with the American League uh, wild card series. So we had uh, eight teams in there, uh, one seed versus eight seeds. So let's start with Tampa Bay. Uh, let me pull up my little prediction here thing. So uh, Tampa Bay was the number one seed in all of the American League, which is very impressive for Tampa Bay. Good for them. And they went against Toronto. Now, I will say this. I am, am very proud of picking Toronto to make the postseason. A lot of people did not think uh, they would do that going into the season. I, in fact, had them finishing third, which they did. Um, and the, a lot of people had uh, the Boston Red Sox finishing third. I was right in that prediction that they were wrong. However, I was wrong in this prediction. I was very too bold in saying that Toronto was going to beat Tampa. I guess in my heart, uh, I knew that was kind of an unlikely pick, but Tampa Bay won 2-0. Um, so they, they easily won. They moved on to the to the ALDS. Um, I will say this about Toronto. Toronto's a young team. They at least tried. They got themselves there. I, I just don't look at this. It, it's just weird. There's a lot of weird lingering problems with a lot of teams in the American League. Tampa Bay has great pitching, but they finally have... It, 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 was, it was a little more sporadic. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be or as good as it should be. Um, but they uh, they were better than Toronto. Toronto kind of put together and they had a lot of good years, but, but Tampa Bay moved forward. Um, but I will say this. Toronto, great team. Great job getting there. They've got a bright future ahead of it. If they can actually lock down a like true significant ace of some sort, you know they're they're working with a lot of older gentlemen, older veterans. Um, but if they can get like a younger pitcher, or not necessarily, not, you don't need a twenty five year old. You don't need something like that. But if they can get somebody from like twenty eight to thirty one, you know, and, and then really move forward to lock down that staff, um, and then maybe see what's going on in the bullpen, they can really move forward because. I feel like their lineup is good enough to win. So, and they're young and they're thirsty and they're not paying anybody. So why not? So um, good for Toronto for making an effort. Tampa Bay moves forward. Uh, so let's move on to the four five C, the closest, um, you know, 
matchup, I guess, in the American League wildcard. This was Cleveland versus New York. Now, originally going to this, if you remember on Spaceball, I had Cleveland beating out New York and actually going all the way to the World Series. That did not happen because New York did shut them down. Now, there were some close games here. There was, it was was like tied in 10 in one of them in the second game, and, and New York pulled off some victories. They crushed them in the first game, and then... It was like a back and forth. I remember watching this game, and it was just a back and forth the entire ride here. But when, like, Urshela hits that grand slam, it was just... This is what postseason's all about, guys. Um, to me, the fact that New York has beaten Cleveland, that, to me, is a huge benefit for the Yankees. Because, in my opinion, I feel like this... Cleveland was the most dangerous sleeping giant in all of the American League... And they went out and the Yankees are in it. So I know I've been saying this and I know I've been kind of wrong. Not exactly wrong. I haven't exactly put together. I haven't done a good job of making like folks ease up on the Yankees, namely the Valley, because he's been very hard on them. And I'm like, guy, they're the best team in the American League, but they haven't played like it. Now that everybody's healthy, J.A. App actually finished off the year pretty good. Tanaka's good. Cole's good. I mean, the bullpen, I mean, we're not going to sit here and complain about the bullpen. It's just, it was just a weird way to get into it. I don't like the way they babied Aaron Judge and, and all this other stuff. And Giant Carlos Stantlin obviously has been a disappointment. And the fact that they did nothing at the trade deadline, which is very strange, I believe that even with all that stuff, now that they're in the postseason and all that stuff is behind them now, they can they can do well. So we'll we'll get into my predictions going forward here. But to me, that series is probably besides if wherever the Yankees wind up, that to me is probably the most important uh, series for the Yankees. Obviously, they get bigger and better you know as they go on. But to me, I feel like Cleveland knocking them out that is a huge giant that is that is escaped or not escaped that has left the postseason picture for sure. So uh, congratulations for the Yankees there. Now this one was a strange one here. We had Minnesota versus Houston. I had Minnesota. I was wrong again. Um, man, I think I was wrong. I'm looking at this. I was wrong in everything in the American League. So it looked like there was some weird base running stuff going on with uh, with Minnesota. Houston uh, got through it. And, and the thing is with Minnesota, besides like Maeda, the, the pitching in Minnesota hasn't been astounding or anything like that. Um, so in my opinion, I've always seen like better. They're a very offensive team. So my, my assessment is always if you have a better pitching staff, you will typically win. And, and good pitching beats good hitting. Here, I just saw some weird base running stuff. Twi- uh, the Twins don't move forward. Houston moves on uh, 2-0, the third quote-unquote sweep uh, that we've had in the American League. And uh, that's there's not really too much I can say about that. And if the Houston bats continue to wake up, they're going to continue to do well. Um and then the final series, which is actually disappointing to see, it was Oakland versus Chicago. Uh, Oakland came back to win this one. Um, I really wanted Chicago to move forward. I actually picked them to do, and I really like that team. Um, 
but Oakland did end up beating them. And it was sort of, especially that third game, there was a back and forth and the A's pulled it off there. Chicago's another team that sort of reminds me of Toronto, or I should say Toronto reminds me of Chicago. Like the White Sox are a mainstay, I feel like. They're a young team, um, but I even think they're in better position than Toronto. So I, I look at that season, but much like Toronto, is a success to make it to the postseason. And the White Sox could have, in the final week, they could have been the number one seed at one point, uh, depending on how things shook out. But they didn't. They they wound up with a uh, poor seeding, and they and they lost to Oakland. So Oakland moves forward. So the American League is set. Um, Tampa Bay goes against New York. Houston goes against the Astros. Um, these are both going to be. Uh, division, uh, yeah, division rivals. It's like the AL East and the AL West going at it to see who represent the American League as a whole. So I'll get into the predictions in the next segment. But uh, first, let's move on to the National League, which I did a little better. I got half of them right. Um, so we'll start with uh, the Dodgers versus the Brewers. The Brewers snuck in. They had a sub 500 team, and they snuck into the postseason over the Phillies and. And some other teams, I mean, we could have had a five-way tie, but luckily we didn't have that, so I could record Spaceball on time. Um, I don't think anybody was really picking the Brewers to beat the Dodgers here, the best team in baseball. The Dodgers easily win, um, and they move forward, beat the Brewers. Um, The next series was a very, very exciting series. I really enjoyed watching this. This is the one I was um, just as much as New York, but I actually like this one well, this one was may have been more fun to watch. I'm not sure. They're both pretty fun to watch, but but I ended up watching this one uh, a lot of this series is the San Diego St. Louis series. Um, San Diego almost lost game two, but then they came back. Um, actually, I should correct it. San Diego, uh, whatever. San Diego moves on in game three. That's what I'm talking about. Game three, they almost lost the whole thing. And that was a very exciting series. They almost lost. And then, no, wait, correcting myself. They came back and won game two. Of that fire, they also came and won game three. They they wrote on that. They uh, It was a scoreless game for a little bit. I was, I was getting my days mixed up. In game two, Fernando Tatis Jr. hits this big home run, followed by Manny Machado hitting a big home run, and they ended up taking that game. Um, that woke up the uh, bats of San Diego. They kind of wrote on Fernando Tatis. It's, you you got to watch this guy, man. Like, Fernando Tatis Jr., the swagger that he's bringing to the game, I know some folks aren't going to like it. I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I'm really enjoying the fun that he's bringing to the game, the flair, the swagger, I think is the best word for watching Tatis. And it's not exactly going to be muted by somebody like Manny Machado out there. Um, So they ended up taking St. Louis, and then that game three, they ended up just, it was scoreless for a while, and uh, San Diego overtook them. So uh, I did pick that one. Much like I picked Los Angeles, and San Diego will go on to take Los Angeles for a very tough matchup, which is also a National League West uh, matchup. Going on to the rest of it, which I did get wrong here. Now, this is this one's just unbelievable. These these Marlins are just ticking me off. I don't know how they made the postseason. They did, and I don't know how they beat the Cubs, but they did. They just outpitched them. Um, they just outplayed them and the Marlins have beat the Cubs, which I am shocked beyond belief at what the Marlins are doing. The fact that the Marlins sat here and had COVID-19 go on 
there were like the first big spout of it and they were reportedly uh, mishandling the whole situation. The Marlins beat the Cubs and will be moving forward. I don't know what to make of this team anymore. They look like they're having fun. Maybe it's the low expectations. They literally, like, if the Cubs, the, the fact that the Cubs made the postseason is miraculous. The fact that they beat the Cubs, who have had a great season this year, is also miraculous. I, I really don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about this team anymore because I can't figure them out, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I, I have nothing more to say. So let's move on to Atlanta versus Cincinnati. So I was wrong about this one here. I did take the bolder pick. I did pick Cincinnati to beat Atlanta. Now, I, I've said this before in baseball about the inconsistency that's going on with the NL East. Any team could have won that division. It ended up being Atlanta. I am not in love with Atlanta's pitching staff at all, but I am in, I was in love with Cincinnati's because you had Trevor Bauer having a phenomenal year. Um, he's going to be the Cy Young candidate. I... I want you Darvish to win, but I understand that Bauer is going to get some picks. But I really thought that the Atlanta starting rotation, as hurt as it was, and inconsistent with, with that inconsistency, with that like, with that uh, blemish on what's going forward for them, I thought they were going to lose, but they did not, and they have advanced and beat Cincinnati. And, and to be fair, Cincinnati did sneak in; they did sneak into the postseason a little bit, and. That's um, that is very str- that is that is interesting. They may not have. So, um, congrats on Cincinnati in making it. I'm not seeing them. I don't know what their future holds. The interesting thing is, the Brewers in Cincinnati are a little more up in arms because I don't like them going forward as much as I love uh, the White Sox and Toronto in future seasons. So Atlanta beats them, and then they beat, and then they take on the Marlins. So what's interesting about this thing is you're having AL East versus AL East. NL West versus NL West, uh, AL East versus, uh, sorry, NL East versus NL East, and then AL West versus AL West. So we have true division series going here, uh, which is very, very exciting. Um, these teams have played each other a lot during the season, and uh, we'll get to see who exactly thrives out on top, and we will do that in the next second, in the next segment, guys. Okay, guys, let's get into the second segment here. We're going to get into some predictions. Now, if you looked at my initial... So there's lots of things to look at here. So I'm going to pull all this up because it's been a it's been a crazy season here. So if we looked into my initial postseason stuff, I am completely wrong initially in the American League. Now, the funny thing is... When I went into the season, so I don't know what you want to judge me on because I feel like we can do two types of picks here. We do our completely preseason picks, and then we go into the into the after-season picks going into the postseason. So with that said, I'm actually looking at – I was actually very close on my – with the exception of the Twins – if we look at my season, my picks going into the preseason, I was I was right. Now I wasn't right about where everything would land, um, but I was right about I had three out of the four teams going into the season. So I had Astros, Tampa, Yankees, and Twins, and it ended up being um, Astros, Tampa, Yankees, and um, what was it? Oakland. That was the only one I missed. So I'm actually proud of myself there with everybody at zero percent record. Um, 
I will say that. So I got to give myself credit somewhere so you can at least listen to me. Now, with that said, I'm actually going to stick with what I have here. So um, even though the matchups aren't exactly the same. So the first matchup we have here is we have Tampa Bay versus New York. Now, I understand LaValle and a lot of New York people are very hesitant with the Yankees. And I may have hinted at that earlier on in the first segment of, of LaValle Sports Talk here. I believe the Yankees overtake Tampa. Okay, the Yankees have not been playing their best season. It was an underwhelming season. That said, they made it. And they weren't exactly in this crazy competitive division. You know, it's glad Toronto put up a fight in this and that and this and that. So the, the Yankees may have been playing 3D chess here going, you know what? If we just get to the postseason, we're going to be fine. And maybe that's true. The Red Sox announcers were analyzing uh, one of the later games with the Yankees recently, you know, during the regular season games towards the end. And Jerry Ramey has said that the Yankees are a team that are going to put up a lot of noise in the postseason. And that could very well be true. I mean, we're scoring, they're scoring tons of runs. And if J.A. Happ can, can pitch well, if Garrett Cole, I think, is going to pitch well, I, I don't see any reason Tanaka is not going to pitch well. This team is much more complete than we than their than their regular season records show. Now, maybe they were just sitting there, just waiting and just like trying to get in. I don't, I wish they would have locked something down with the amount of depth they have. But with that said, now they're in the postseason with a ton of depth, a ton of depth in there, in all their like. If somebody goes, they, they can pinch run anywhere, they can field anywhere, they can do tons of matchups, which is really interesting for the Yankees to do. Tampa Bay. I just don't look at this lineup and, and, I'm, and I'm like crazed by it, you know? Um, they have like, what is it, Brandon Lowe is their guy? And I'm sitting there like, this guy is not the guy. You know, I just don't look at anybody in this in this thing. And I understand good pitching and whatever. And obviously their pitching is going to be nothing. But the Yankees may have slightly less, not as good pitching as Tampa does. But I, I feel like theirs is plenty good enough. I think Garrett Cole is to me, at least I don't know. I mean, like we could argue Blake Snell and some other stuff. I mean, Garrett Cole to me is probably better than anybody in the Yankees staff. And then Tanaka can go to toe to toe with these guys. And if J.A. Happ can sneak out a win, which is very possible, I mean, the Yankees can do it. So I'm looking at this team and I'm going to pick the Yankees over Tampa here. And I'm not trying to get anybody's hopes up. I know the Valley has been on me about that. But but the fact is, I just feel like they will beat Tampa. Um, I wish they did stuff differently during the regular season, but maybe they knew what they could to get by. So I'm taking New York to beat Tampa um, so they can go to the ALCS. Um, so let's move on to the other uh the other matchup here. So we got the Houston Astros versus Oakland. Now, if we remember the Astros at Oakland had a altercation with Lorano and one of the batting coaches over in Houston, this should be a fiery, hopefully in some respect, there's going to be a little bit of uh, some fire between these two teams. I'm hoping, um, I think it's quelled a little bit cause that was earlier on. I mean, earlier on as you want to get, I mean, this season was two months. So, um, with that said, um, I like Houston better. I really do. I mean, maybe they're almost sort of like this quiet giant, like the Yankees in some aspects. I mean, Houston's power numbers have not been there this season. That doesn't mean they can't be there in the postseason. And I feel like they're just more potent than Oakland. Um, 
I look at Frankie Montas in, in, in the pitching in Oakland, and I'm not sitting here going, oh, wow, this is a lock. You know? Uh, I, I'm i going to go with Houston here. I'm going to go with the upset, and they will beat the Athletics. I think it will be closer than what we have. Maybe it will. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, actually. I'll take that back. Anyways, Houston, I think, will advance forward much to everyone's, uh, you know, Everyone not wanting that to happen, they've moved on. And and to be fair, Dusty Baker deserves a lot of credit for getting the Astros through this season, getting them to the postseason. Um, nobody's like getting too drilled or anything like that, and, and we've moved on. So um, let's see what the Astros can do, and I think they'll do well. All right, so let's move on to the National League here. So this to me is is to me the most exciting matchup we're gonna have. I think these teams are. Of the two teams, like this is going to be a really, really fun uh, series here when we have the Dodgers versus the Padres. This is probably, I mean, I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do, but this is probably going to be um, one of the tougher opponents that San Diego is going to face, uh, that the Dodgers are going to face. Obviously, San Diego is going against the best team in baseball. And I just don't see any reason why the Dodgers don't don't win this one. Well, I should take that back. That's a very, that's a very, that's not a very nuanced thing to say. The Dodgers are the better team. They should win this. I don't think San Diego is just going to roll over, I should say. But in the end, I believe the Dodgers win it. They have the most complete staff. They have the most experience. They, they have depth. They have great, they just have great pitching. Padres have put together a really fun team to watch. Now, you know, they've got a lot of good pieces. They can move people in and out of DH. They've got Tatis. They've got Manny Machado. Um, I just feel like the pitching stuff in the Dodgers is just way more solid than what the Padres have. Um, Because we looked at the Padres game in the last series with the Cardinals, and they had to throw together like this big bullpen day. And the Dodgers don't have to do that. So I, I just look at the Dodgers, and, and, and of all the teams, they're the most complete package here. Now, it's also going to come down to like how healthy is Clevenger and, and Davies and these other guys that have been sitting here for the Padres going forward. The Dodgers really don't seem to have any, any really worry about them. There's less of a concern for them. So, so I'm going to pick the Dodgers. And Clayton Kershaw, man, this guy is back. A lot of people have been mm, with him lately, but this guy's back. You know, honestly, the guy you worry most about is Bueller with his blister issues and stuff like that, whatever. But even with that, I mean, the the Dodgers staff is there. And the Padres are right there. It'll be a fun series. I think you should watch it. I think this is a great stage for Fernando Tatis Jr. to really show himself to America. I think it's going to be really cool. But this is the Dodgers, okay? And if Cody Bellinger wakes up and really continues, you know, gets a good postseason going... And the pitching's there. I mean, I just, you know, with Mookie Bet, I just don't know. I just don't think they, the, the Dodgers are as good as, the, or the Padres are as good as the Dodgers. And that's just flat out right. Now, to me, this may be the most wild series, the, the final one. This, these two teams, uh, I can't assess them because they're, 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 they're both from the National League East. And the National League East has driven me crazy. I have no clue. Like the fact that the Nationals, the World Series champion Nationals, aren't in the postseason in this thing, but the Marlins, who 
I think everybody and their moms who don't even watch baseball had in the bottom of their of their standings picks going forward, who also battled the ginormous COVID nonsense situation, are going against Atlanta Braves, who have had pitching injury after pitching injury after pitching injury with Soroka and this and this and this and this, and they still somehow managed to go on top of it. I don't I don't know. Honestly, the Marlins could win this series at this point. I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to pick Atlanta um, because I'm, re- I'm almost like angrily. Uh, I'm almost angry at the Marlins in this scenario. But, but I guess I will pick Atlanta to uh, go forward here. You know, that's, that's who I'm going to have to pick. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I just, I just don't. This is going to be truly the most wildest and weirdest one. Either of those teams, the fact that they're going to likely face the Dodgers going forward. Now, with that said, I think the Dodgers beat them and they go to the world. The Dodgers go to the World Series. I will take a quick look at the American League here and tell you what I think. I do think the Yankees do beat Houston, and we would end up with the World Series that I initially. Well, I didn't initially pick. I actually had the Yankees uh, going with the Nationals here, but in this case scenario. Um, I feel like the Yankees will battle it out with the Dodgers. So I guess I'm like, I know I sound like I'm covering my bases in a sense, but if I had to pick the postseason pick, I, I would pick the Dodgers to win the World Series. And that's what I said going into this postseason. But if the Yankees make it to the World Series and win, I guess you can, I, I guess I'll sit back on my laurels and go, oh, well, I had this since the beginning of the beginning of the season here. Um, so that's entirely possible here. But this this whole baseball season has been crazy. I didn't even think it was going to happen. I was on LaValle Sports Talk as a guest uh, months ago before uh, the season kicked off. I thought if we didn't have anything planned before July 4th, we would be out of luck. But the fact that Major League Baseball has put this together, put this very... Uh, a season like no other. Hopefully we don't have to do this again. I, I would like everything to get back to normal sooner than later, but it's, at least it's bringing people in. So with that said, just to recap right here, I'm picking the Yankees. I'm picking Houston. I'm picking the Dodgers and I am picking Atlanta to move forward in the division series. So you can catch that all this week. That's why I'm recording this today. I'm recording this on a Saturday. Uh, so you can just grind me uh, and we'll see what the results are by next Friday or where everybody's standing are by next Friday so you can grill me on how horrible these picks have been but if the Dodgers continue forward the Dodgers continue forward you know and if the Yankees win then I'll just sit there and go oh yeah that's what I had at the beginning of the season that's the genius of making predictions folks so anyways that's what I am picking uh you know good luck to all the teams out there Okay, in the everything is stupid segment, I was reluctant to talk about this, to be quite honest, but knowing LaValle, knowing knowing the way things are right now, what else am I supposed to talk about besides the president has COVID? I mean, what else? Well, initially, maybe I was going to talk about the debate, I guess, that we all watched. Um, But then all of a sudden, the president still somehow... Steals the limelight again from that train wreck of a debate on both ends. Let's be real. (laughs) And then comes down with COVID. 
Um, we all watched the debate. It was a giant disaster, giant whatever it was. I don't know what we all watched. It was just painful. And then to read all the comments about which team you're on, that was really nice the next morning to see everybody there. And then days later, uh, we learned that uh, President Trump has COVID. Now, I'm not going to get into all that and what it means and the conspiratorial stuff and his health because I'm no doctor or anything like this. And I was and I'm so reluctant to talk about politics. But but the thing is, I am just when I in a new way, I knew it was coming literally within hours after this. The president comes down with the with the illness and, and is admitted at the hospital and, and all this other stuff. It's really sadly unshocking to me to see the amount of vitriol, the amount of celebration, the amount of this, uh, I told you so, and all this, all this stuff from his opponents. And I'm not talking about like Joe Biden or, or something like that. You know, I will say some of our, the leadership has been okay, but in my, in the social media sphere, the amount of, of, of it's almost pathetic really the amount of celebration for somebody getting sick that they don't like is really sad and 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 unfortunately i do not think it helps uh a liberal's cause that would be very that is weirdly satisfied by this that's that's the saying that out loud is insane to me you know and and i remember texting there's a group chat i remember texting uh, Lavalley about this uh, weeks ago, you know, uh, during this past week. And I said, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, I saw nothing but n- positive, nice support for her. Positive things about the life she led, the the things she's done. And regardless if people agreed with her or disagreed with her, every single person, and I know lots of people on both sides. I'm a registered independent. I registered to vote this past I re-registered to vote this past, uh, you know, few weeks to make sure I'm in, and I'm a registered independent, and I'm going to just tell you, or no party affiliation, whatever you want to call it, I'm not part of any party here, but every, you know, I know people on both sides that I'm friendly with, and that's probably why I get along with, you know, a lot of people politically, because I don't sit there and, and denounce all this stuff, but I will say this, both, and I, and I know them personally, because they'll come talk to me, both Republicans and Democrats, friends that I have, had said positive things about this. When Trump is sick... It, the the reaction I see is Republicans are afraid to wish him well, but Democrats are not afraid. And this is just friends I'm speaking of are not afraid to come out and talk um, all this stuff about uh, the president and, and say like very just disheartening things, you know, hoping he dies on a ventilator. God, you know, God forbid, in my opinion, God forbid, I'm adding that. And I just, I just don't know anymore. I don't understand this anymore. I don't understand how, Wishing somebody a, a speedy recovery, especially the leader of the free world, a speedy recovery, it would be a controversial statement. But that that's where we are in 2020, which is just pathetic. Unfor- you know, unfortunately for people who don't agree politically with him, I think this is going to look badly um, upon you in November. Because we all know the president's going to get out of this. So I think we don't know. I believe the president's going to get out of this okay, and he's going to come out and say, I conquered this like I conquered everything else. Um, I appreciate the support from the people that didn't, and then I think there's going to be a lot of people. I don't know how else you can look at this and go, wow, I'm really taking the high road when I'm wishing death upon someone. I would never wish 
death upon people. That's that's unless you're a terrorist uh, on like the level of Osama bin Laden or the level of, you know, or you've committed mass genocide, like, you know, like uh, Adolf Hitler or something. I, I really don't see any reason to wish death upon really anybody. Um, and to me, I'm just glad like Joe Biden was okay. I'm glad the vice president is okay. Um, but it's also sad to say like today it broke. I record this on a Saturday. Chris Christie is now going to the hospital and there's other Republicans and people, the first ladies there. It's, this is, this is a serious thing and to get very giddy over it does not make you look better than the people that you are criticizing. Um, so I will say this now I am seeing a lot less of this and I'll tell you what I've been doing to avoid it. If anybody in my feed is just going to continually post about Trump or continually post about what they don't like, I've just muted you. And the thing is, I'm not the most, I'm the most like, I think I'm pretty welcome in this scenario, but, but at a certain point it, it gets tired over and over. So if you've continued to do this and over and over, I guarantee there's lots of people even your closest friends maybe that have muted you and, and don't want to hear this anymore because if this is all you're going to post about, they don't want to hear this anymore. I'm all for free speaking your mind and everything like that. But literally if this is all I'm seeing from you, I really don't care. I mean, who would want to hang out with somebody that all the time, this is all they post about or all they talk about. Rather I say post like it's talking. I guess that's what it is like now. But to me, I'm just saying who when I talk to LaValle when I talk to Richo when I talk to Dan or like we talk about lots of different things, but if all I did was talk about, and, and I don't, but just hypothetically, if all I did was talk about how great Trump is all the time, I think they would get very annoyed and want to want to hang out with me. I sit here, talk, we talk about sports and we talk about, you know, I like to talk about video games and I like to talk about what movies and pop culture I was on Richard and Lala. We, we didn't talk about any of that stuff. And that's what I think make, makes you a dynamic, interesting person, but that's all you talk about. That's it. And you know what? If, if, if people are going to do that, you're going to be slowly weeding out people, even people you may agree with politically. It, it's going to be very tiresome. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Maybe people can criticize me for right leaning, but I'm not, you know, I, I live in a different city that's more right leaning than, than left leaning. And I find that annoying too, to be honest. Like it's just going back to it. I know I'm off on a tangent here. The fact that people are celebrating Trump's illness is pathetic. It's really pathetic. And I don't really look at somebody like that who is going to be virtuous in any capacity. You know, I've had people die close to me, you know, like my dad passed away. He was sick and this and that. I would not want anybody in a hospital for any reason, especially now. Um, and, and to, to have it be the leader of the free world in there is it's, it's, dangerous it's not it's it's not so it's not good news i don't know how you can shake it anyway or not it's just not it just flat out isn't isn't good news for the economy other world leaders are not sitting here looking at this this is good a lot of countries look to america and they don't want our president sick you know so wishing that he is you know wishing ill will upon him is just pathetic um I, unfortunately i don't see this stopping um, but we'll see how this all shakes out in November.
All right, everybody, in the last word segment here, I don't, I've only done one last word segment in my entire career other than this, and this was on Bad Culture Crew when we had an April Fool's Day episode. Um, so it's fun, finally get a last word in, even though I feel like I do often. So anyways, in the Valley's last word segment, I'm going to give the last words. So unfortunately, um, this, uh, was it today or tomorrow? Yesterday. Regardless, over the, over the weekend, um, baseball did suffer a loss, so I, I wanted to pay homage to this wonderful... Well, this really uh, amazing competitor uh, that has passed away uh, in baseball here. We have Bob Gibson, pitcher for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals here. He was an MVP, a two-time Cy Young winner, won the World Series twice. It was a two-time World Series MVP, has won an ERA title, nine gold gloves, nine um, all-stars. This is... You're not going to get as much better pitching as this. We're uh, look at his career here. It's an 89.2 WAR. He won 251 games. Had a career 2.91 ERA. He struck. He had a WHIP, a career WHIP of 1.188. WHIP. I'm just looking at BaseballReferenceHere.com. I just want to go over this gentleman's stat. He in a 162 game season, he would average 210 strikeouts. That's it, it, these numbers are off the chart. These numbers are off the chart here. I want to see what his um, where's his ERAs here. He, is this his ERAs? Where are his? Why is this not showing me? Okay, so we had an ERA of two point nine one, huh? Okay. Hmm. Well, anyways. I kind of wanted it broken down but year by year, but they didn't really. Oh, here's ERA plus, and then what's this? Field percent. Why are they? I'll tell you one thing. That's that's a very weird way for it to do it. Anyways, he had a 2.91 ERA. Now, if we look at, I was looking at this here, and I think that one of the most notable things about him, and I'm going to read this here. There's two notable things have been around him, and this is from reported from ESPN. I guess when he went to All-Star Games, he hated talking to his teammates, his new like National League teammates, because he, he knew he was going to face them next week. So he didn't want to give away anything. They weren't his teammates. They weren't his friends. So I found that to be an interesting level of comp, of competitiveness that we that, that is gone, and maybe it is dated because people are a lot more friendly now, but that competitive spirit is really, I think it's pretty fun. Now, in 1968, Gibson had one of the greatest seasons ever. He went 22-9 with a 1.12 ERA, 13 shutouts. That's unbelievable. I don't know who's having 13 shutouts anymore. You'll be lucky if you get, like, Lucas Giolito recently, not last year, I think the year before, had three complete games total. Imagine 13 shutouts. Now, the, one of the biggest notable things, and this is more of my dad would tell me about Gibson, because I never really got to watch him live, but my dad did, and he would talk about this guy. Gibson pitched so well, along with other pitchers here, but it's really Gibson is the reason that the mound was lowered from 15 inches to 10 inches. That's amazing. Oh, and he complete, yeah, complete games. He completed games, 28 of 34 starts. That's insane. He had 28 complete games. This is unbelievable. I just look at these stats, and this is just unbelievable to to go through his uh, his career, at all the accolades he's had, 
Um, I don't wish sadness upon the end of a podcast or anything like that, but we have to, I have to sit there and just honor, uh, or at least mention the fact that somebody like, somebody like Bob Gibson had, uh, what he contributed to baseball. Um, and especially, I know whatever we can sit there and you know, to have a person of color really come in there and take, and take it down. So, um, rest in peace, Bob Gibson. You were really wonderful for baseball. Um, we'll all remember you finally and reading about and learning and relearning about all the accomplishments and the amount of dominance that you had established in your career as a major league baseball pitcher is astounding. Um, it's going to be a hard thing for anybody to ever replicate things like that. And the fact that you took the ball that many times, I don't think we're ever going to see that again. So shout out to you, Bob Gibson, rest in peace. Okay, everybody, that is going to do it for LaValle Sports Talk. Before I go and do all the plugs and all this other stuff here, I just want to thank uh, the Sideline Network for having me on here. It's been great to come on and fill in. I feel uh, quite honored to do this. Um, I also want to give my best wishes to uh, Chris and Emily and his newborn child. I am very uh, excited to welcome, you know, the Sideline Network is very excited to welcome a new sports fan into the world here. And my best goes all out to LaValley and his wonderful family. And uh, I wish them the best. And he's going to be a great dad. Raise him right. I know he's going to raise him as a Yankee fan. Um, I do the same, but uh, I'm going to be on the right side of history and raise him as a Boston fan. So I just want to let you all know that. And if you're listening to this later on, young one, uh, you can know that I tried. <laughs> just kidding. It's going to be great. You know, watch baseball, watch sports, and uh, you're going to be, you're going to be doing okay. So, um, yeah. So anyways, officially, that is what's going to do it for LaValle Sports Talk. Uh, let's plug all the shows here. Make sure to check out uh, this. This goes past on every Friday, LaValle Sports Talk. He'll, I, don't know what, I don't know if I'm coming in next week or not. We'll have to see. We'll be in talks for that. Could be here. Probably not. LaValle will be back probably next week. Um, be sure to check out, check out Richo's rant. Also check out Richo and Lala, which comes out on, uh, Mondays. I was on the most recent episode of Richo and Lala. So, uh, if you want to hear some more candid conversations, you can check that out. Also check out drinks with Dan. Dan, you're the only show that I haven't been on in a while. And fr- quite frankly, I'm offended. I would love to have a drink with you. Um, <laughs> no hard feelings, buddy. Just want to criticize everybody here. And of course, please check out Spaceball. That's the baseball theme podcast that me and LaValle uh, co-host bi-weekly. That comes out on Wednesdays and you can see how wrong I've been on lots of stuff, but I'm right every once in a while as well. Um, Richo had a great job. He, uh, came on, uh, this, the most recent episode of Spaceball and did a phenomenal job. I think he did really well, really great, uh, prep. And it was a lot of fun to podcast with Richard. Now I'm going to do my own personal plugs here. I'm Austin space. Yes. I'm part of the sideline network. Yes, I do Spaceball, but you can check me out on a few other things as well. I stream on Twitch, uh, usually Sundays and Tuesdays. If you want to hear me chat about the Sims too, and stream there. And I also have launched my own independent podcast, independent from all this stuff. You know, because I'm my own man. I can't have the man 
aka Lavalley, telling me what to do. It's a show called Pointless 64. It's a seasonal podcast. It's not every week, but in a group of six weeks at a time, we call it a season. Uh, we basically take 64 of something and break it down and have a big uh, NCAA bracket about it. The most recent or the only season we've had is uh, we broke down Major League Baseball mascots. So I was joined by my uh, friend from Static Riff Radio, Jason Kelly, as well as Chris Lavalley himself from the Sideline Network. So please check out the Pointless 64. Anyways, that's going to officially, officially, officially do it for me, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Be safe. All those good things. Love you all. See you next time.